Hola jefitas, welcome back to Heba Talk. This is your host, Jasmine Luchis, and you are now listening to Season 3. Hola jefitas, welcome back to Heba Talk. We are now on episode 11, and I'm super excited because we have a special guest today, and she overall is such a badass, and I can't wait for you guys to get to hear her story. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself. Uh, hi, my name is Crystal Acevedo, owner and lead piercer at Presidential Inc., permanent makeup artist at Presidential Pink, and the coolest person you're ever going to meet in your life. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I've already met her officially three times already, yes. right? And I'm already like, no, dude, she's a vibe. Um, so I definitely want to take it back a little bit and... Okay really highlight your whole story because once you guys gave me like a little peek into what your story was I was like dude I want to definitely share it because there is always like a stigma behind people like you and I feel like this is definitely a space where you can set the record straight and show people really what it's like to be not considered like the normal boss right And so I want to take it back a little bit into Team Crystal. So (laughs) let me, let me hear a little bit about Team Crystal. Okay. Team Crystal. Um, We'll go to 2007. Um, I was 17 and I had my first baby, um, Erica Nicole. Yes. Um, I dropped out of high school for her first year. um, And I had like, my mom and some really good administrators actually at my school kind of like get me back to school. Okay. So I ended up going back a year later. Um, I graduated high school That's and I went to the military, actually. Girl, what? <laughs> yes, I went to the military right after graduation. I graduated and then three weeks later they shipped me off. So um, I was a medic in the military. Everything was wonderful and great. And then um, just some family stuff, I guess, is what kind of pulled me back home. Um, I had to take care of people, my mom, my brother, my sister, um, and things were kind of getting like bad while I was gone. I'm kind of like the uh, caretaker uh, of the family. So if I'm gone, everything, everybody runs around with their heads cut off. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm the stable one. Yes. I'm the stable one. Yes, okay. for sure. So talk a little bit about the military because I didn't even know that you were in the military I was a medic. I was a, so yeah, I can uh, patch you up. I could give you a needle chest decompression. I could do a tracheotomy. Yeah. Okay. So, so really what pushed you into going into the military? Was it because you were a teen mom? I was a teen mom. Um, the relationship I was with in was very abusive, uh, mentally, any kind of way. It was abusive all the way around. Um, and I kind of just needed to get away. So I went to the military. I went to basic training. Um, my baby's dad had a fit. I, I joined without telling anybody. So like I swore in and everything. And then I was like, Hey, by the way, guys, I'm in the military. No way. Yeah. So everybody was like, what, what did you do? Why did you do that? What, what's wrong with you? You're like to get away from y'all. Yeah, I need to get away from y'all. Yes. And I just kind of had to like pursue myself, like be alone for a little bit. Um, And honestly, being in the military gave me my strength back and my head and my heart. Um, I was already at the point where I wasn't loving myself anymore. I was doubting myself. 
Uh, nobody was going to want me because I had a kid, all that stuff. And when I went into the military, I got so much love from the people that I met there and they were genuine and we spent every day together because we're stuck together all the time. And they really helped bring me back to life. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I know some people have a, a, a good experience and other people don't. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to say, like, do you ever recommend going into the army or military to people? Because I know when I have had conversations with people that have served or, you know, whatever, some of them have good experiences to their, like, yeah, I, I recommend it all the time. And it's, there's others that are like, mm, no. It's not for everybody. I don't feel like it's for everybody. I feel like it came when I needed it to come. Um, it built me back up, made me a stronger person. When I came home, um, I wasn't really putting up with no shit anymore, basically. Um, but being away from your family um, and then being a single parent, you have to leave your kids behind. Yeah. And it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also they kind of like, run you you know so you can't really go here go there get up and do whatever you want it's like you have to ask for permission to go on vacation so you can go home or whatever um you only see your your family like on those times or like exodus for christmas like so if you're okay with kind of being alone for the majority of the time that you're there then it's okay but i wouldn't recommend it like i said for single parents or single moms I don't it's, think it's I don't hard. think it's yeah. what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How, how many years did you do? Um, just like two, to be honest. Um, after I came home, I I had so much going on um, with my mom and my family. Um, she had like a CPS case, so I had to go live in her house. I had to give up my apartment to go live there to make sure that my my siblings couldn't be alone with her. So I had to literally be there <laughs> and supervise everything and live with them. So, yeah, like my family and my kind of home life, my um, my mom and my siblings and stuff kind of like ran me for a long time. I bet. Are you the oldest? I'm not. I have an older brother. Um, but he moved out when he was 13. So I was 11. My younger siblings were like seven. I mean, like four and five, I think. So he didn't really grow up in the house with us with kind of what we dealt with. He okay. kind of took... He was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, he went to my grandma's and lived the life. My grandma spoiled him to the fullest and we kind of were in the trenches. So, I mean, in the household, I'm, yeah, I'm the oldest, I guess, because yeah. he wasn't there. But, yeah, I'm all... Yeah. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> I definitely feel you on that. I feel like when you're the oldest sibling you get a shitload of responsibility and you're hispanic so i know for sure <laughs> i know exactly how that can be so tell me a little bit about like the responsibility once you were home like how that took a weight on you um i just had to be mom basically i already had my own child uh, my brother and my sister were kind of like early teens already middle school um, going to high school and my mom kind of I guess just felt like oh they're old enough to feed themselves like I'm gonna just go do my thing basically <laughs> so um, and then with me being there she really didn't have like no worries so she was gone a lot um, it's like it's like crystal guiding yeah exactly she's old enough you know you're legal you can figure it out um, so my brother and my sister to this day 
I'm like their mom. You know, they call me for everything. If they need help with anything, they need advice on anything, they need somewhere to stay, whatever. Um, I'm the first person they call. Before mom, before dad, let me call my sister. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. As as much as like it's not a it's not like a what's that word that I'm looking for? Like a burden for you? No, obviously. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like looking back on it, how does that make you feel to know that like they, they literally had to lean on you like that. Um, I feel like they got cheated. I feel like we all got cheated. Um, being the mother that I am now, I try to be the mom that I needed and wanted to my kids now. So I feel like we got the shit end of the stick. Like things should have been better for us and my mom should have tried harder. Our parents, you know, we have... Um, so me and my older brother have our dad, and then my younger brother and sister have their dad. Um, my dad was incarcerated from when I was like a year and a half till I graduated high school. So, um, and I already had a kid by then. So he came home, I was already a parent myself. Um, we don't really have a relationship like that. And um, I feel like my brother and my sister, they didn't get to graduate high school. They had like so much going on. Everything was so, um, unorganized and not stable and they were just kind of all over the place um, so I know they deal with a lot of things too like mentally and just shit that they've dealt with so I feel like they um but they deserve better. better and I'm like was a kid myself so I tried to give you what I could yeah. but you know I can only do so much and I'm trying to, and I'm trying to look at it and they're like you know if it wasn't for crystal really yeah for sure. And they're all great parents. We're really, all three of us, very focused on our children. Um, my brother is a great dad. Um, him and his uh, baby mom are not together, but he does everything he can for his kids. And I really like respect him for that. My sister has two girls and she's pregnant with her third. Um, and she's like a, a super dope mom. Like if you were ever to leave her by herself, she, she'll make it. Like yeah. she's she's not afraid of anything. She's not um, above working or doing any kind of job to take care of her kids, you know, so. That's awesome, because I'm sure they also, whether you like to take it like that or not, but I'm sure they learned a lot of it from you. Oh, for Same, sure. Seeing you as a teen mom and, and, you know, striving for better and like, you know, like you, you have a big impact. And I don't think a lot of us take that um you know like what is that word for it like recognition in ourselves like yeah, yeah we were badasses we were yeah. <laughs> from the beginning from no, the beginning yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so after you know taking on that responsibility and everything like was there anything else in your like early teen years or like now at this time how old are you um i'm about 20 20. I'm 20 years old. I'm working at a bank. Um, and everything appears to be good. Um, I'm still living in my mom's house with the kids or whatever. And um, she's asking me for rent and stuff. Cool, whatever. Um, so she's not paying the rent. So she's taking my money. She's not paying the rent. She's not paying the light. She's not paying the water. And it's like, you are gonna y'all are gonna get evicted basically so um so you you guys had no idea we didn't know we didn't know we're just thinking everything's good living our little lives um 
I end up not working at the bank anymore. And I end up working with a friend of mine at her dad's restaurant. And um, that's when the news comes. And my brother and sister call me and they're like, we're going to get evicted. Like, I just heard mom on the phone. Like, whatever, whatever. She hasn't even been paying the rent. She hasn't been. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, wow. what's going on? So there's one day I'm sitting outside. Um my house and I'm just like going through my wallet, cleaning it out or whatever. Well, I find um, the codes to the bank and I'm very, des like these are the codes to like um, disarm the alarm, open the door, the- Like security codes. Yeah, the combinations to the safe, all that stuff. And in desperation, um, I, I went in there and I, I robbed the bank like I didn't go in there with a gun and hold it to somebody's head and make them give me the money I uh it was like 4 30 in the morning there was nobody there I just really walked in opened the safe cleaned out the safe locked everything back up and walked out um they didn't know it they were actually like robbed until like midday because they hadn't opened the vault all day so after that happened um I really just used all that to try to fix everything, to make sure that we had a house and, you know, obviously other stuff. Um, I ended up getting caught later on. Um, my accomplice, I guess, quote unquote, she drove the, the girl that drove the car for me um, ended up like spilling the beans, I guess. And I ended up getting incarcerated. So. Before we jump into all of this, let me just process all of this because it's crazy because I don't think I've ever had anybody in my life do something like that. So it's like obviously not like in your norm of meeting people like, oh yeah, I rubbed the bank. Yeah. But I think with all that you were going through and like given the circumstances that you were in, I, I can see why you were like, this is the only thing I got right, right. now. And by this time, I had my second daughter. Mm -hmm. So now I have two two girls. Two, two yes. Girls. And then my brother and my sister. And we're all, like, in danger of being freaking thrown out into the street. Yes. And obviously, you know, it, it's also like a an ultimate betrayal, too, because your parent is supposed to be taking care of the bills and making sure that you guys at least have a roof over y'all's head. So... Just in that, how, how did that feel for you to know that she wasn't doing that? It it sucked. It hurt. It was just like, we're your kids. We're your grandkids. Like, what are you choosing over us and our safety and our well-being? And, and you're just taking my money. Like, and what are you doing with it? Yeah. She had a really bad drug habit. She still has a really bad drug habit. But I do want to say before... I regret what I did. I have remorse for what I did. It was not the right thing to do. Don't do it. Yeah. Do not recommend. Um, abort mission. Abort right mission. And I apologize to anybody that was affected by that. For sure. For sure. Okay, so you get caught in everything. What is going through your mind? Like, how are you feeling? Like, I'm, like, scared. I feel like I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go to jail. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, um, I'm from, 
I'm from the hood. I'm from the southeast side of San Antonio. So when they put me in the interrogation room, I wasn't trying to talk. I wasn't trying to incriminate, my, incriminate myself. I was trying to like, you yeah. know, oh. hey, you guys do your job kind of thing. Well, that is I know the girl's next door and she's like saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, they come in here and they hit me with the like, this is this and this is this. And I'm like, okay. So I end up getting arrested. Um, it's my first offense. I go to county. Um, they actually give me a PR bond. They let me out on a monitor. So I'm on monitor for a whole year. Um, I'm working and stuff. And then um, they end up, I, I'm going to court like this whole time getting reset and getting offers and all this stuff. And um, I end up um, going to jail. They take my monitor. Uh, they sentenced me to eight years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And when I heard the eight years, like my heart dropped. Yes. My mom was there. Um, I think my siblings are there. And it was just like, oh, your I sentence is eight years. Yeah. yeah. So what I did was I went to behind the courtroom. They put you like in a little holding cell or whatever. And I cried the whole time I was in there. And then when it was time for me to go back, I like sucked it up. Never, never cried again over it. I was like, this is what you did. This is your time. You got to, you got to eat it. So how old were you when you were convicted? I was 21. Twenty-one. I turned twenty-two in um, in a processing at the prison at the at NCDC. I was in county for a little bit, and then I went to CDC, and they do like all your processing and stuff. Yeah. And I turned twenty-two there. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "What the?" Yeah. Did they ever? Let me ask you because it was your first offense. Did they ever ask you like, what? What made you? Because obviously, yeah. I feel like a lot, a lot of people, their first crime is like something small. Yeah. Like, did, did, it, did people ever tell you, like, girl, how, the, how did you? They're like, why? Where did that come from? But like I said, it was just like survival mode. Like I needed to do something, and I needed to do, do something fast. Yeah. yeah. Quick fix was not a quick fix. Lasted me ten years. <laughs> That's long. Like, yeah. And of course, you know, being a mom, what was your Obviously, hearing that sentence, not only are you, like, kind of grieving your old life because you're about to start a whole new chapter in there by yourself, and you don't know what to expect, but how are you feeling as a mother's standpoint? Because now you have two babies. And you're devastated. I was devastated. And to this day, I apologize to my daughters all the time. Um, all of my kids, I know that I was not perfect. I've done some things um, that took away from their childhood. And I apologize and they love me, they forgive me. They think I'm the best thing in the world. So yeah. I, I feel like right there, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think um, you know, when, when you do have parents that have, you know, put themselves in situations where they're like not present or my dad, he he did a, a crime, and I haven't seen him since. Yeah. And like it's something whenever we do talk, he's always like, "I'm so sorry. Like I wish I, I would have known better or been in better situations." But yeah, like when you're dealt cards and that's all you have, and you feel like there's no way out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you literally do feel like you have no 
your back's against the wall, that's the only thing you know how to do, and then you're going to jump on it and do it. And yeah. I think that a lot of people just think like, oh, well, you could have. It's like, yeah, but when you are literally in that position, you can't speak on And you have all what? these little people depending yeah. on you. And I regret it. I, I, I wish I would have just kind of took road with the punches and figured it out versus doing that. Yeah. I would never do that again. <laughs> so tell me, how is it now that you're in jail, you're doing the time? How is it? So I'm a kid like to everybody else there, basically. I'm like really young. Um, I have no money. I have no family support. Uh, my mom's taking care of my kids. Well, my kids are there at my mom's house. My brother and my sister are taking care of them. Their dad actually comes and moves in with my mom so he can help take care of the kids. Um, but I'm not getting any letters. I'm not getting any money. I'm not getting any phone calls. So I'm kind of like in there by myself. Like uh, also in the dark too. Yeah, I don't know anything that's going on. Yeah, like I don't know what's, what's up. And it is, but at the same time when you're there, when you sit and think about the outside world, it really fucks you up. Like, it's better to be in there and not think about anything. So if you're not getting any updates or whatever, or if the chaplain's not calling you to tell you somebody died at home, you just kind of put it in your mind, like everything's okay out there. You know, they're living their life, they're, be they're okay. Let me just focus on this. Um, yeah, I had some. I had a pretty good friend in there. Her name was Bev. She was older than me. She was kind of like old enough to be my mom, <laughs> but she took care of me. Um, she made sure like nobody really messed with me. And she was a good person. I appreciate her. She. I was there for a year before I came home. I actually got. Um, as soon as I got sentenced, my lawyer filed for shock probation, so I had to go do some time and then. Um, they did, one day just pulled me out of my bunk and was like, hey, pack all your stuff. You're going back to San Antonio. And I'm like, what? And, they're, and I'm like, what's it for? What's it for? Didn't know. Yeah. They took me back to Bear County. I'm there asking them, like, what am I here for? Um, I ended up going to court, and it was basically, like, for my family um, to testify and basically say, like, we need her home. Yeah. Like, let her out, please, on shock probation. So um, my mom talked for me. Um, my baby's dad talked to me and they basically talked about like how my daughters like needed me and stuff like that and they ended up uh, me not having any um previous yeah me not having any previous stuff and then me also being incarcerated and not having any like write-ups or anything like that they went ahead and let me go home so i went home so you're you're okay you're you're thinking like okay i'm gonna go home what yeah. is like your your thought process i don't know i was nervous to see my kids I hadn't seen my kids and I was excited but at the same time when we were in court and my mom was testifying for me I saw her and she was a totally different person from when I left I can tell that uh, whatever drug she was doing had like completely taken over so I was worried about that I was happy to be home because she was dealing with that and I just wanted to make sure that all the kids were okay but um when I got out, I didn't even know where we lived. She had already moved, so I had to, like, I got out of the county, and I walked to the McDonald's over there by River Center, and it was literally, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I got and picked like, up, and I went home. <laughs> I called the only number I remembered, and um, sure enough, my girl's dad came and picked me up and took me home. I went home. 
I was home for about a week without seeing my mom. She didn't, she knew I was home, but she never came to say, hey, you're happy you're home or nothing. Um, but I just spent a lot of time with my brother, my sister, and my kids. But I, I saw her probably like a week later. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she talked to me on the phone, told me she was happy I was home and Doesn't. didn't see her. <laughs> it didn't come home. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure that was, it, it's like a relief to be home, but then it's like, even that little bit of time, I'm sure it takes a while to kind of adjust to being free, not having to like answer to like orders, right. like your routine and stuff. And honestly, the military What's molded my training? mind for that. Yeah. Basic training is the same as prison. So we just eat better. But, <laughs> yeah. but like as far as like all the discipline and people talking to you a certain way and you just kind of having to sit there and take it. The military definitely did that for me. You know, I think um, I think it's it's good that you kind of reacted in the way that you did, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna be home. I'm gonna act right. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to better myself in that sense. I wanted to add to that because I feel like a lot of us go through certain situations in our childhood or in our early teens that later on we realize like whether it was good or bad that it was for a reason to shape us into the women or men that we are later on in life and I feel like you might have not thought that your life was going to turn out this way but then you look back and you're like damn I went through that part whether it was good or bad and I was able to use that for this. Yes. And it's like, it's kind of crazy when you think back, like military really helped you have your mind right and be able to be in jail and be like, you know what? <laughs> you can talk smack to me. You can, you know, boss me around, but I'm just not going to react to it because I'm just trying to survive this and yes. go back home. Yeah, I was definitely molded for that. Drill sergeants in the military are brutal. Um, and they'll yell in their face and they'll scream and they'll talk to you disrespectfully and whatever, whatever. And you kind of just learn to eat it and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, Joe Sergeant, no, Joe Sergeant kind of thing. So when it came to prison and guards and being disrespectful, I always just was polite, tried to um, be respectful, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and just didn't give them any reason to like mess with me, poke like at me. Yeah. yeah. So they respected it. Like, um, if you show respect, they're going to respect you. I'm like, I understand you're a guard. You know, this is your job. This is what you do. Whatever you say goes cool. Um, I'll listen. Yeah. yeah, I'll listen. I'm not, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have any problem submitting or. Um... So obviously for somebody that hasn't ever been to jail or anything like that, they obviously go off of what they see on TV. Orange is the new black. Yes. So, obviously, you know, I'm going to ask, is it really like that? Or what, what is it like? Okay. So, I feel like male prisons are like the movies. Um, a little bit more violent. There's a lot more going on. Their units are huge. Yeah. They have thousands of men. Um, female units, very small. Um, hundreds. Um, and there's... Definitely you get what you get when you put a bunch of women together. Cattiness, um, everybody thinks that they're this and that and trying to prove themselves, especially the younger girls, they pop off, they have attitude. 
Um, they always want to fight, stuff like that. Um, it's just like a front. Yeah, yeah. Um, people say there's two places where you can be all you can be. That's in the military and in prison. Um, you say, nobody knows you, you know? Yeah. So you can say, I do this and this and this and this in the world. And people just kind of gotta have to take your word for it because yeah. they don't know you, you know? So yeah, people create these personas for themselves and... To protect themselves, I'm right. sure, too. Yeah. Um, and I've seen, you know, there's been some fights. There's been some harsh things done to other people um but it, it was not an everyday occurrence um the the more that happens in there is like just really grimy stuff like people stealing from you or people calling your husband and trying to get him to send them money like stuff never yeah. happened to me because i'd still be <laughs> in prison no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but um girls would steal other girls like info and write their people and be like hey she's in here writing another dude or whatever whatever and trying to mess up the relationship and then eventually wow. you'll see the guy sending the new girl money it's no. crazy <laughs> survival mode yeah. survival mode so it's Which like i had to literally like anytime that my husband would write me or whatever i would have to like scratch out the thing like the address um i never wrote like the, his number down anywhere like, yeah, you like can't trust, my yeah you cannot trust anybody no yeah, one that's crazy but i I've, i honestly have never heard that and that to me hard to make friends in there you're together all the time um you just it just really is like what you're how good your judge of character is you don't want to be friends with somebody that's going to be getting you in trouble um because then when parole comes up they're not going to let you go home you know so you just got to find somebody that kind of has the same mentality as you as far as like i'm just trying to be here do what i have to do and go the fuck home you know and there's women like that um there's women that been in prison their whole lives and don't really care they're in and out, in and out. So you just gotta pick and choose um, who, and and really no one can hide anything from you in there because you're y'all are together all the time. So anything that they do or say, somebody's gonna hear yeah. it. Somebody's gonna see it. So I had a couple of friends um, when I went this past time. I went to prison twice um, for the same offense. I just violated my probation on the first one. So I went to prison um, for the second time was a lot easier. My husband took care of me the whole time. I wasn't in the trenches. I had to eat. I wasn't hungry. Yeah. Phone calls, letters, pictures of my kids. I was updated on everything. But um, I had a friend named JC. I had a friend named Priscilla. Um, and a friend, a friend named Amy, Amy Duke. Um, those are my, those are my people. <laughs> and I love y'all. <laughs> they made it better for you. Yes, for sure. Just to go back a little bit, okay. um, you did um, get approved for probation, so you went home. Yes. And then you stayed home how long? Five years. Five years. So when I came home, um, they granted me shock probation for 10 years. So I had to be on shock probation for 10 years. And this is like very, very 
intense, rigorous probation. Like I had to report every week and I went and sat there for like hours. Every Wednesday I had to report it. Like my Wednesdays were, I couldn't plan anything on Wednesday. I had to go sit at the probation office all the time. So um, at one point I was pregnant and I ended up losing the baby. Um, and I stopped reporting. I kind of just spiraled. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. And I stopped reporting for a while, for um, a long time. And then it finally caught up with me. By the time it caught up with me, I would already met my husband. Um, we weren't married then, but we were together. And um, I was pregnant with my son, Adonis, and I went back to prison. They violated my probation. They gave me an MTR and they sent me back to prison for the remainder um, of your sentence. Yeah, so the uh, it ended up being for four years. Um, they counted all the time that I was in prison the first time. Um, so it gave me about a year and some change towards the sentence. So I went back and ended up doing another year. Um, I went in August the 1st of 2018. I came home August, no, 2017. And I came home um, August 14th of 2018. So yeah. It's still, that's, that's crazy when you think about it because, I mean, you're, you're saying it's intense. So it's like the system's still. I'm still in like, prison. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like yeah. the system still makes it hard or or to where it's like, I'm gonna make sure you fuck up. So yeah, they, this is what I tell people and think I'm a hippie, whatever. The system is designed for you to fail. Yeah. They want you to go back. They want you, the best way to avoid it is just to avoid it completely. Don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble because they will hold you. They had a hold on me for 10 years. I started this whole journey I guess when I was 20 years old and I did not get off of paper until November of 2020 and I was already 30. So I spent all my 20s belonging to the system, <laughs> which basically. Is, which, is, which is really hard because your 20s is really what, like, they're supposed to be your fun time, your yes. discovery time, your, yes. you know, whatever. But I think because you spent it that way, I think it did shape you into being that strong, yes, independent, badass that you are. For sure, for sure. You, I mean, we'll get into that later on, but I think that that definitely shaped you into who you are, and I think that's why people genuinely fuck with you. Yep. Like they, they love your they energy. They feel me. They feel me. And then if they don't, they definitely like to copy it. Oh, for sure. They so, like me. Yeah, they like. You. They might not like me, but they love me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Got a piercing you've been thinking about or just itching for a new tattoo? It's July. That means specials at Presidential Inc. In honor of their founding fathers, Adam and Crystal's birthdays, they're running some deals for you guys. Crystal will be running two for $33 piercings on everything above the waist all month long. Dermal implants are $65 or two for $90. And general piercings are 100 On the tattoo side, they got $30 business card size names and over 100 plus flash designs for you to choose from, all ranging from $20 to $60. There will be a $5 setup fee for flash tattoos and an additional $10 charge for anything on the hands, neck, feet, and face. If you'd like to see any of those images or any 
other details, go ahead and follow them on Facebook and Instagram under Presidential Ink and Body Modifications. In honor of the 4th, they will also be increasing their military discount from 10% to 15% for all veterans and active duty members. They're located on the south side of San Antonio off I-35 and South Cross. The address is 1419 Commercial Avenue. Enter at Suite 11. Also, keep out a lookout for their grand opening on their new and permanent location coming by the end of the month. I did want to kind of touch base on like your mom because I feel like obviously that was kind of what crippled the whole thing and what yeah. made you, you know, even catch the charge to begin with. How is your relationship with her now? We do not talk. Um, when I went to prison the second time, I really, uh, I was older. Yeah. Um, I was already 27. And I took all the classes I could take and all of that stuff while I was there. Um, and I talked to a lot of people that um, lived with drug addiction. And I tried to understand them, basically. Because um, a lot of people are like, it's not, it's an illness, it's a sickness, you know, whatever. Okay. I took all of that into consideration. Um, I wrote my mom a letter and I kind of just told her everything that I felt about things that happened when I was a kid um, to now the situation that she's in. and. Um, never got a response but um my husband's very he doesn't when when we first got together my mom kind of like ran me still to the point where she was like in control yes like i need this i need this your brother and sister need this we need this i was already grown i met my husband in 2017 so i was still there running around working and what really um she had a hold on me for um, was my two older daughters. Um, in 2016, I let them go live with their other grandma um, while I tried to get myself together. And she like never forgave me for it. So she told me like, you caused all this stress and anxiety for me. You took the girls away from me. They're all I have, blah, 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 whatever. And I finally was like, it's not my children's job to make you happy. It's your own. So my husband really helped me get out from under her. And um, um, when I came home, it, I was finally just like, I'm not putting myself through this anymore. I'm not putting my kids through this anymore. You're in and out. You're not consistent. Um, she just met my son that I just had. He's uh, going to be 10 months already. She just met him on Mother's Day. Um, my husband finally was like, you need to invite your mom. It's Mother's Day. We just bought our house. Let her come over. He's like. Big mistake. <laughs> he's not. I can, I can already see, even too, when we've had conversations and you talk about him, it's kind of like he really came into your life when, when I needed him. When you needed him. Yes. And I think uh, a lot of us experience that. And let me ask you this. For myself, sometimes I have a hard time accepting the love that my man gives me because I'm like, I... You're lying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. I think a lot of it has to do with because we've been because through, of that. through yeah. so much trauma and so, so much hardship that when somebody does come along, that's like, now you, you can stand up for yourself. You can do this. 
do you ever find yourself like feeling like you don't deserve that? Sometimes. And then I kind of give myself a little pet up and I'm like, look at everything that you've been through. You do deserve it. Yeah. You do deserve a break. You do deserve to feel loved. You do deserve to be spoiled. You do deserve to um, just to live freely and to do and talk to whoever you want. If I don't want you in my life, you're not going to be in my life. And my main focus is my kids. Like the inconsistency that I dealt with when I was a kid and the abuse that I went through and all the stuff that I had to deal with, I would never want my kids to feel that. So I do everything in my power for them not to. So if it means having to cut out people who people are like, oh, but that's your mom. Okay. If she was my mom, then she should act like my mom. Yeah. And she should treat me correctly and she should be good to my kids and she should make them feel loved. So I really think that's why my husband called her because neither one of us really have parents. So our three kids together don't have grandparents. Yeah. Um, so he's he always wants them to have that relationship. He's a little softer than me. Yeah. But um I'm like, that's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the one that bring her in. After the next day, she asked me um, for $300. So I was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> she didn't want to come see me. She wanted my money. <laughs> so I think firsthand, I definitely know how empowered that is because I also have a parent that didn't like to take responsibility. And for I think sure. it, it definitely hurts because you kind of have to like fight with yourself, right? Like to be mean to that person or not to be mean. And so overall, what I... What I do is like I gotta love you from a distance. For sure. Because I don't I don't hate you. I don't have any malicious intent in my heart for you. But it's like I can't ever forgive or like have that relationship with you because you don't take accountability. No, exactly. And it's like and that I feel like is the most painful thing because your parent is supposed to love you unconditionally. Unconditionally. It's yes. supposed to, you know, pick you over everybody and it's so hard when they either choose drugs for instance in your case mm -hmm. over family or in my case it was gang life mm -hmm. and like so it's just like it, it's it's a, a battle within ourselves but i think that's why you end up being the best parent possible yes because you're like i know what it's like not to have let me do the opposite yeah let me do mm -hmm. the opposite and of course it's it's all a learning process and you know you're breaking generational curses and it's like you're, you're doing the best with what you know. Yes. And then your kids are going to do the best that they know for their kids. Right. So it's like, we're all, we're right. all working towards. Yes, we're learning. Yeah, we're but learning. one thing that we, we need to understand and make sure that we understand is our kids love us unconditionally. They do not see the bad. The bad. They see mom trying. Mom loves me. Mom comes and hugs me every day. Mom gives me a kiss. Mom tells me goodnight before I go to bed every night. Um, when I wake up in the morning, she gives me a hug. She tells me good morning. She asks me what I'm doing. Like, simple conversations, simple interactions with your kids make a big difference. Yeah. Um, because I never really had interaction like that. I never, anytime I told my mom I loved her, it was like, well, what do you want? You know, versus like, oh, I love you too, Miha. Give me a hug, yeah. you know. And all my kids are like, mom, I love you all day. And I'm like, I love you too. And it feels good to have that relationship with them. And my, my daughters are older, my two older daughters, um, Erica's going to be 16 and Emmy's going to be 13 this year. And they're both like, thank you so much, mom, for everything. You make us feel accepted. Like, you 
there's nothing that we can do that is going to ever make you like stop loving us or give up on us and I know that they have other friends and they kind of deal with issues with their parents and they're like we're so thankful for you you know so that to me is like I'm doing good yeah Yeah. (laughs) and there's days where like we all have mom guilt and we go to sleep like oh I yelled at my baby today and I shouldn't have done this and And at the end of the day when you wake up in the morning they're going to give you the same smile and love you the same way so keep pushing yeah I think think overall it's just like putting that effort yeah and all it takes is a little little bit of effort (laughs) which is so crazy because like they they really don't need much especially when they're younger Mm mm-hmm just a little just attention. Little Watch attention. them, then they're trying to do a flip. Yeah. Crazy. Like, <laughs> Basic stuff. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll love it. They'll, they'll feel like my mom is the best. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I definitely think that because of that, you know, it shapes us into being better parents. And like, I, I've seen pictures of you and your kids, and your kids are beautiful. Thank you. And, you know, it's awesome to see that you guys go through things together. Mm-hmm. Like, like, because there's a lot. Yeah. I have it's seven. A tribe. I have <laughs> seven children. <laughs> it's a little trying, but, yeah. but I think it, it's awesome. It's, fun. it's definitely fun. So tell me a little bit. You basically get off papers. You're a free woman. Like, yes. what is your thought process? Like, how are you feeling? I'm relieved. I'm relieved. I'm happy that there's not a monkey on my back <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, like I said, you get it's traumatizing. I even to this day still like I see a police car pull up or. A police officer and I automatically feel like they know like everything that I've done and they want to freaking arrest me again yeah. but um, now that it's over I'll never do it again <laughs> I never want to be a part of that I never want my children to be a part of that I don't wish that on anybody it's the worst it's the worst thing yeah. so I definitely wanted to highlight that because you are a business owner yes. and a very successful one at that For and sure. I think you know people automatically judge like oh she's been in prison jail whatever xyz and they think like you know they're forever criminals they are always going to have like a a a bad mindset this and that blah blah and it's like no not all of us yeah and (laughs) i so i definitely want to kind of highlight that so you are a business owner so Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that so we own a tattoo um, and piercing shop. I'm the lead piercer here. We actually opened up our first one back in 2018. Um, we had we were actually like didn't even have a house, um, nothing like that. And my husband has like previous um, knowledge of like a tattoo shop, how it works, how it runs, whatever. Um, so that's what he wanted to do. So we were actually living at my cousin's in a room, all of us together, and he got the shop before he got a house. And at first, I was like, dude, we need somewhere to live. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Um, but he, it's what he believed in. And at the end of the day, like, we're really good at that. Um, if it's something that he feels really strongly about or I feel strongly about, we kind of just have each other's back, you know, roll with it. Exactly. So he fixed it all up, um, made it nice, hired some artists, all that good stuff. At this time, I was um, pregnant with my youngest daughter, Athena. And I was in the shop all the time. We didn't have a piercer. Um, a couple of our artists knew how to pierce, but that's not really what their focus was. They were more focused on tattooing. So I'm like, hey, we need a piercer. You know, like, let me learn. Let me yeah. teach me. Yeah. Um, the artists didn't want to teach me. They didn't want me to take no money out of their pockets. They were really salty about it. Um, so I taught myself. 
I taught myself, I immersed myself into it. It was all day, every day research. Um, and then I started bringing clientele in and I, I just started doing it. I found the easiest way to do piercings. The, what um, I got all of the, yeah, everything that I needed to make it the fastest, easiest experience for everybody. Um, and then I started doing from doing them for $20 and everybody was like, oh, cool, bet, right? So um, I really started to like excel in that. That was, it became my thing and it was something that I started to get known for. And now it's like, go see Crystal. She has the lightest hands and this and this and this. I pierce babies. I do all of that stuff. Um, it took a lot of research. It took a lot of trial and error. Um, and there's still people that come see me to this day that came and saw me way, way back then. Stuff. Yeah, so I appreciate all of them for sure. Um, so it was really out of necessity that I became a piercer, but I fell in love with it. And it's really my thing. I, I feel like sometimes it happens like that. You kind of are something falls in your lap and you're just kind of like, eh, I'll learn it or whatever, but it ends up turning into your passion. Yes. And you yes. end up even being the teacher. Yes. Like, so, wow. funny story, those guys that didn't want to teach me, now they be jacking on my specials. Now they be trying to run everything that I try to run. Um, and now I have clients that come to me to fix things that they've done. So, tables have turned. And, and sometimes I've been like that. Yeah. Like so, <laughs> so I think the moral story is be a little nicer. Be because... a little nicer because you never know who's going to end up on top, baby. Yep. You never know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so obviously you're very successful. Like you've been in business for quite some time now. And obviously I want to have people kind of see what made you guys really push to make it work. That it wasn't just something that you guys tried for a little bit and it was flopped. Right. So we had the first job. It was called Dripping Ink. Um, and then COVID hit. And then they shut us all down. And um, we were shut down for a while. So we kind of had to let it go. Um, my husband actually ended up getting incarcerated that January. And then COVID hit like in March, April. So he was gone. I was dealing with COVID. And I had to let it go. I was very sad. Um, I felt like I had let him down. Uh, and he kind of just reassured me, like, look, as long as you and the kids are okay, like, I'm good. I'll come home and we'll do it again. You know? So um, he came home and we did it again. <laughs> we started off small. Um, I had a little spot where I would just pierce out of. It was called Frick Your Pleasure. It was over there on Goliath. Very small. Um, still clients coming in, loyal clients from before. Um, we stopped it again. Stuff just kept happening. I ended up working at another shop for a little while, just so I wouldn't lose my rhythm, lose my, yeah. you know. Um, That's smart. So I went and I worked there for a, from July to December, a um, few months, and then that uh, that January we ended up getting a spot to open our own shop. That was the first shop on um, Hildebrand for Presidential Inc. That was. We actually had Lily there for the grand opening, um, and I was pregnant again. <laughs> um, so all we started last year, 2022. Um, we've been open since January of last year. Um, we're about to hit a million in sales. Um, big, big, big step, big deal yeah. for us. Um, and we're just like super excited. We're happy. We um, open. We just bought a building for the shop to house the shop 
permanently. Um, we're super excited about that. Finally, you know, and it took us a year and a half, so. But it's like, but it's just to show, like, you might be given the ugliest circumstances in life, but it's like, you can overcome them. Yes. You can nothing, be what you want. Nothing is impossible. Yes. Nothing is impossible. You just have to keep pushing, keep going, keep striving. And it really helps to have a good partner um, because maybe one day you're off, but they're on. You know, maybe one day you're feeling down, they're going to pick you up. Same for them. Maybe they're feeling down one day. You got to be there to be their strength. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm 100% sure someone can do it alone, but to have a partner Definitely. helps for and sure. If, and even if it's not a partner, surround yourself with people that are like positive and positive. Yes. Yes, people that want to see you win because there's people that say they want you to win, but they don't really want yeah. you to win. Um, and it's strangers. It's people that I've never met before or before um, having the shop that support me. Like I have some of the most loyal, supportive clients ever. And anytime that there's anything said disrespectfully about me or anything like that they call me hey you did you hear this is this and i'm like oh it's good you know i don't care i'm not really worried about it but they still come and tell me you know i have people that look out for me and and look out for my husband and look out for my family and our team is amazing dope the artists are great they're genuine they're loyal um so i'm, I'm happy with who we're taking with us that yeah. way for sure i think i think that's awesome too and fact that you guys were able to build a team that has the same thrive yes, and the very same hungry. passion yeah the same passion because I, I know that sometimes businesses end up you know not succeeding because they don't have the right team and right. they don't have the right and so it's awesome to see that you guys were able to build that and now you're moving into your own building yes, everybody's very excited yes. <laughs> I've, I've been For somebody that either finding themselves in the same position as you know teenage years, mm -hmm. or somebody that just you know is finishing up their sentence and stuff, and they don't know where to go from here, or they feel like they can't you know excel in life. What advice would you give them? Seventeen-year-old me, a young mom, pregnant, or I just had a baby. Um, don't give up. Do everything that you can to make yourself and your child comfortable and just just keep pushing. I know that it's hard to figure out what you want to do in life at that age, but find find something that you're interested in and just focus on that. Um, I always advise people to be your own boss because remember your nine to five is somebody's passive income and um, you want to definitely be putting in work and getting paid what you're worth. Um, so people that are coming out of incarceration and they're lost and don't know what to do or can't find a job, nobody wants to hire you, be your own boss. Find a skill. And there's so many things that you can do and there's so many trades that you can pick up that don't take too long to be able to enter the workforce. Um, and just don't be afraid to start small. Um, don't be afraid to humble yourself. Don't listen to anybody that comes to you with negativity like oh, I don't think that's gonna work or I don't think you can do that you can do it 
and they're really putting their limitations on you and mm -hmm. they're not they they don't you know they don't know what they're talking about yeah. but um there's always going to be people that doubt you um there's always going to be people that you thought were your closest and had the best interest for you that aren't really that um, don't be afraid to cut out people that are toxic um, or that are detrimental to your success um, the party life is always going to be there you don't need to go out all the time uh, focus sit down for six months and focus on yourself write yourself some goals and um, start ticking them off uh, don't let anything get in your way don't let anybody tell you that you can't and don't um, get distracted distractions are the, the worst, worst. <laughs> yes they'll throw you completely off your path and it can be the smallest thing um, so just stay focused really just remain focused and like I said it's not impossible to do it by yourself if you don't have a partner don't think that you can't either you know there's so many things out there um, just educate yourself become knowledgeable um, on, on anything on grants on loans on anything anything, anything that's going to help you prosper, anything that's going to put you through school, anything that is going to um, help you with your business, take advantage. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Um, and I'm always open for advice. Um, just message me. <laughs> find yeah. me on Facebook. That's, that's the app that I'm um, probably most active on. So find me on Facebook and message me and say, hey, I was wondering about this or and I get those, you know, hey, do you teach classes or hey, do you know anybody that I can go to for this or what do you recommend for this or I'm never going to gatekeep or keep anything from anyone because I really am all for prosperity and I want everyone to be successful. Um, yeah, everybody's, everybody has a chance. Just you have to give yourself the chance. You got to be hungry enough. For yes, it. for sure. Before we wrap up this episode, I always love to ask my guests, what is one thing that you want everybody to know about you, Crystal? Not the social media person, <laughs> because I feel like a lot of us see people on social media and you, auto you automatically judge or guess like, oh, so-and-so's like this. Right. So what would you want them to know? Um... Don't let the stale face fool you. I'm actually a really, really nice person. I have a really big heart. I care for people and I will help in any way that I can help. My husband's the same. Um, we're just, we just wanna see people win. Anybody that walks through our door and asks for an opportunity, we don't hesitate to give it to you. Um, as long as you're willing to, you know, put Probably the work behind it too. Um, just match our effort. But uh, I know a lot of people kind of think that I'm rude or mean maybe just based off of but if you sit and talk to me um, I'll be one of the most genuine people you've ever met um, I'll take anything that you say into consideration um, and I just feel like not a lot of people know that part of me and really I feel like too it's because I kind of put up that wall sometimes because we just have it in us to protect ourselves and not let anybody in um, but if you're genuine I, I'll feel that You'll have a friend in me for life really i'm a good i'm a good friend i'm a good person yeah. i just don't like to open up myself too much to people that don't know me like that yeah. so social media is for promotion social media is for little bits and pieces um but real life me is definitely not on social media <laughs> yeah. no real life her is really fucking dope like, yeah, need to, need to really yes, have yes. a conversation with her because 
and I have a lot of experiences, you know, this this barely scratched the surface, um, and I can relate to people on a lot of things, so if you feel like we can relate on something. Oh, also, I want to shout out um, the Heartbreak Club. We just started a clothing brand, me and two of my friends. We just, uh, we're going to drop the first uh, tea on August the 1st. Oh, girl, I need to call yes, me one Yes, day. for sure. So look out for, for that on my social media. Um, and just, like I said, we like to see people win. So if you got an idea, shoot it my way. Shoot it my way. Yeah. I'm always down. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Crystal, for time to have you know to sit down with me for sure for sure because there's so many things that new that i learned about you and it just makes me feel even more drawn to you because of how humble and genuine you are and what an amazing story you have and really a lot of the things that you have overcome to be the successful jefa literally for sure for sure so, thank you so much for having me um and i i really i'm happy for the opportunity to just kind of put myself out there for people to get to know me a little bit better um, like you said, because they, they kind of judge just based off of social media. But I'm a real person, and I love everyone. I'm going to love you before I hate you, I promise. So um, just give me a chance. <laughs> just no, give me a chance. And, and that's really what I, what I want to do with this platform. It, it, it's because I always say it all the time. Storytelling and really hearing people's story makes you feel connection with them because you don't know. Yes. I feel like social media has taken away a lot from getting to know a person. Yes. And so being able to make a platform where you get to meet people and really get to hear their stories is, is what I love to do. For sure. So we I'm, thank you for I'm, that. We I'm, appreciate that. I thank you for being on here. Um, I want to let you kind of let them know where they can follow you guys cool. and where they can um, connect with you. All right, great. So we are Presidential Inc. and Body Modifications on Facebook. Um, and then all of our other handles are connected on there. Um, currently, our new permanent location is being renovated. So we are at a temporary location right now. It is 2112 Pleasanton Road, um, suite number 106. We will be here for at least the next month. Uh, just keep up with Facebook, and we got we're, we make sure to keep you guys updated on everything. So you're going to know where we're at at all times. Um, can't wait to see you all in here. Come see me. Let me poke you. Let us put a little bit of art on your body. Um, and just chop it up with us. Have an experience. Definitely. <laughs> well, you guys heard it here first. Um, Crystal definitely has a very inspiring story. You guys know you guys can find us. I have a talk on Instagram and on Facebook. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.